The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Welcome, welcome to the Conquer Approach. Today, I have a very, very special guest, world-renowned speaker for over 30 years, helping leaders and companies throughout the world communicate their value more effectively and conduct business the most fulfilling and sustaining ways possible. He is a best-selling author. He was best known for his books, Adversaries into Allies and Endless Referrals. In the last several years, it's been his business parable, The Go-Giver co-authored with John David Mann, The Go-Giver, a Wall Street Journal and Business Week bestseller, has sold over a million copies. Since its release, it has consistently stayed in the top 25 of Porchlight's business book bestsellers list. The book has been translated into 29 languages. It was rated number 10 on Inc. Magazine's list of most motivational books ever written and was on HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all times. The American Management Association named Bob one of the 30 most influential leaders. He was named one of the top 200 most influential authors in the world by Richtopia. Thank you so much, Bob, for being here. It's a privilege to be speaking with you. Um, we saw the privilege, the honor, the pleasure is mine. And before we even start, I wanna thank you for your service to our country and for all the amazing work you're doing in the world. Thank you. It's a it's an honor to be able to do that and to share this platform with amazing leaders like yourself. Uh, and before uh, when I when I first started getting into your work, it was the Go Giver um, that really really just opened uh, such a such a powerful perspective on how to live life and how to be uh, in the most effective and successful way. And I was starting to learn the the same principles that were making people successful in business and in life. Uh, and you just wrote it so beautifully before, before we get into that. And, and, and some of that, uh, I know you were in uh, radio and TV prior to your uh, long speaking career. I wanted to ask uh, what sparked your transition from radio and TV into building your company bird communications <laughs> and just being the impactful author and speaker that you are today? Well, before the, the speaking and writing part, uh, between that and the broadcasting was a sales career. Uh, I started out as a broadcaster, uh, first on radio and then on television. I really wasn't that good at it though. And it wasn't something that was gonna be a, you know, a sustainable career where I was gonna get to where. And I was, I was in a small market. I, I, it was a small ABC affiliate uh, TV station I was working for. And so to make some extra money at the time, I started selling advertising. And um, at first I failed miserably at it because I, didn't, I had no experience in selling in terms of any formal training. And the training where I was working, uh, it was pretty negligible. So I floundered for a few months 
um, until I, I was in a bookstore one day and I came across a couple of books uh, on sales, which, you know, back then, almost 40 years ago, that's not something that you saw all the time. These days you walk into a bookstore, there's an entire section on sales, right? But that wasn't how it was back then. So I happened to see these two books on, on how to sell. I thought, wow, I, you know, I couldn't believe there was actually a way to do this. There was a methodology. So I got the two books. One was by Tom Hopkins. One was by Zig Ziglar, who are, who are to this day, two of the legends, of course, in the sales profession. And I studied their, their books. I would, I would come home after work at night and I would just read into the wee hours of the morning, reading and studying and highlighting and underlining and taking notes and practicing. And really within a few weeks, my sales just began to go great. And it, which was really an epiphany for me because it said, well, if you have a way of do, a methodology, if you have a system, right, then there's pretty much nothing within reason that you cannot accomplish. And to this day, I would personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. In other words, the key is predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, well, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and you'll eventually get the desired results of, of B. So that was, you know, that was to me something to, to, to really understand. Now, I started really studying sales. And of course, as, as part of studying sales, you study personal development. So I started getting all the books like How to Win Friends and Influence People and Think and Grow Rich and, you know, The Richest Man in Babylon and Psycho-Cybernetics and just every book I could get my hands on. Because as you know, you, you really, we build ourselves that success is built first on the inside and it manifests itself on the, on the outside. But when we can put good thoughts into our head and into our heart and, and then take action on the ideas, uh, then, you know, there's, there's really, it just opens up a whole new world. And so after uh, working my way up to sales manager of another company, uh, I started teaching others what was working for me and, and so forth. And it kind of morphed into a, a, a speaking career. And then from there, writing books was part of it. That's amazing. And, and I, I could tell that you are definitely a reader <laughs> based off the <laughs> books. <laughs> if that doesn't scream growth mindset, just the yeah. amount of books that you have, that that is truly inspirational without just, well, I was, just seeing the books that you have. Yeah, I tell people my my house is pretty much comprised of books with some scattered furniture. So the uh, <laughs> yeah, the books definitely take precedent in this house. That's amazing. But it definitely resulted into, you know, how brilliant and successful that those books have created. And it's just it's just always inspiring, just always learning. Uh, even at your level of success now, you're still evolving and growing and reading and and oh, learning yeah. well you know we we never want to stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so uh when it when it comes to the go-giver which absolutely extraordinary story how did you come up with the story of the go-giver so years and years ago, my, my first kind of big book was, was called Endless Referrals. Mm -hmm. uh, the subtitle was Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. And it was a how-to book 
on, you know, for entrepreneurs and salespeople who knew they had a great product or service, they were proud of it, they knew it brought great value to people, but they weren't necessarily comfortable with the process of going into their communities and creating the relationships, right, that led to new business and, of course, referral mm-hmm. business. So, so it was really a how-to on how to go out there and create these relationships that would result in people mm-hmm. feeling good about you, knowing you, liking you, trusting you, wanting to do business with you, wanting to refer you to others. And, and uh, you know, fortunately, it was a successful book. It had been um, uh, uh, different editions of it. The last mm-hmm. one was in 2005. However, um, it was a how-to book, and throughout all that time, I'd always read, enjoyed reading parables, uh, you know, from Ogmandino's greatest salesman in the world to, you know, again, the richest man in Babylon to back in the late 70s, early 80s, I think it was um, uh, Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson's The One Minute Series, The One Minute Manager Seven. And, and there have been t- tons of them. Uh, and I, I've always enjoyed them and thought, you know, it's sto- with a story, it really connects on a deeper level, I think, than even a how-to. Hey, I love how-to books. I've got a library filled with them. But I, but I think a story really connects on a heart-to-heart level. And it makes it so that the message can really get across. So for years, I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take the basic premise of endless referrals, that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust and turn it into a parable. So the easy part was coming up with the, the name, the title Go-Giver, because I thought, well, so what is the, what is the um, essence of that salesperson, that entrepreneur who's able to both quickly and sustainably create those know, like, and trust relationships? And what it comes down to is they're givers. They're, they're always looking to give value to others. Okay. So easy to come up, you know, the go-giver. But the best thing I did for this book was to, to ask John David Mann uh, to be the co-author and the lead writer and the storyteller. Because again, I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three. John is a magnificent writer. Okay. I could never have done this with, you know, I mean, this was, and so uh, we teamed up on it and uh, that's really how the, you know, how it uh, came about. That's we also got friend. turned down by about 25 publishers over the course of a year, but really, you know, but finally we found the perfect publishing partner, which was portfolio, a, a, um, mm-hmm. a business division of um, uh, uh, Penguin uh, Random House. And they turned out to be just great. So, you know, everything, everything in its time as it's supposed to happen. Absolutely. Did you expect uh, the go-giver to evolve into multiple series or was that just based off the success that you experienced after the initial book. Uh, yeah, it was it was after the success of the initial book, the publisher came to us and, and asked us to do two more books actually. Uh, mm. uh, and, and so that that's where Go-Givers Sell More, which was more of an ad, that's the only one in the series that's not a parable, that's an application book for the Go-Giver and then the Go-Giver Leader. And then after that, they asked us to do mm. the last one, which was the Go-Giver Influencer. So yeah, we'd only planned on one book. Uh, so that, the, that came after after that success. That's amazing. And, and uh, I've read all of them and they're oh, thank you. all great. <laughs> like the, I love the audio, audible versions, oh, listening to you and John David Mann narrate okay. it. Um, but what was, can you give us like an overview of the five laws of stratospheric success, uh, just for people who are, are just getting familiar with your work? 
Sure, and it's it's based on a premise that, um, and this is really the premise of, of the entire Go-Giver series, but especially for the first book, that, that shifting your focus, and this is really where it begins, shifting your focus mm. from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing that is not only a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially successful, profitably, the most financially profitable way as well. And it's important, I think, to understand that it's not profitable because of some mystical, magical, woo-woo type of reasons. Oh, just give, you know, no. Mm -hmm. It actually makes very rational sense. When you're that person, who can take your focus off yourself and instead place it on making another person's life better, helping them solve or overcome their problems and, and challenges, discovering and then helping them attain what they want, what they need, what they desire. When you do that, people feel good about you, right? People feel uh, you know comfortable with you. People, uh, they, they want to get to know you. They like you, they trust you, right? They, they mm-hmm. want to be involved in your life. So that's really, you know, what, what it's about is that, and you need to be able to really genuinely, authentically be able to focus on that, on that other person. So the laws, the five laws that are built around that premise are the laws of value, compensation, mm-hmm. influence, authenticity, and receptivity. And, you know, it begins with the law of value in which it's all about providing such an immense experience for that Mm -hmm. person, you know, that they feel as though they've received much more in value than what they're paying. Okay. So, you know, it's important then to understand the difference between price and value because price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's, uh, it's finite. It is what it is. <clears throat> value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, mm-hmm. opportunity, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another human being that they will willingly exchange their their money in this case for it and be glad they did while you make a very uh, nice, healthy profit. And you know, we can take the idea of a restaurant in which you you have a great meal, it's presented wonderfully and tastes great. The ambiance is wonderful. The wait staff is just amazing. The restaurant owner comes over and and talks with you for a while, you know, everything about the experience is magnificent. Uh, you get your bill and maybe the bill made it's an expensive restaurant. So maybe it was a $125, $150. That was the price you paid, but wow, the experience just totally blew away, you know, what you paid. I mean, you feel like a million bucks, right? You know, and so, so you may have, you know, legitimately think you got a couple thousand dollars of value from that experience, but it only cost you $150 now. So you, you got more than what you paid for, but the restaurant owner also made a very healthy profit because his or her, uh, uh, upkeep of the restaurant, keeping the doors open, the food itself, the, the staff, you know, obviously cost a lot less 
than what he or she charges. So really in any free market-based exchange, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one's forced to do business with anyone else. Everyone does so on their own volition. In any type of exchange in this way, there should always be two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits because each come away better off afterwards than they were before. That's really what the law of value is about. So how are you providing such a value-based experience to your buyer, okay, to your end user that they just feel as though they receive much more in value than what they paid? Mm -hmm. And to the degree you can do that, that's the degree that you separate and distinguish yourself from the competition and take price really out of the, the issue. Um, law number two, the law of compensation simply says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value, okay, than the price you charge and what, what you take in payment, law number two says you're, that, that ultimately it's how many people's lives you touch with that value that will equal your income. So it's not just a matter of that restaurant providing one great experience to one person. It's all the, you know, the number of people who who they, whose lives they impact. Law number three, the law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first, which kind of sounds strange, but you know, you think about it, the greatest leaders, you know, the top influencers, the highest money earning salespeople, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking out for the best interest of the other person. Now, it's important though, I think to, to qualify this. When we say place the other person's interest first, we don't mean you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Of course not. It's simply as Joe, the protege in the story, learned from several of the mentors and we, you and I discussed this earlier, the golden rule of business is simply that, again, all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, here's the thing. There's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you in others than by moving from that I focus or me focus to an other focus, right? Uh, or as Sam, uh, one of the mentors, advised Joe, making your win all about the other person's win. Uh, law number four, the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Well, Deborah Davenport in, in that part of the story uh, shared that a, a lesson she learned early in her sales career was that you know all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are very, very important, mm -hmm. Um, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it, you know, from your true authentic mm -hmm. core. But when you do, when you show up as yourself, right, day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. They know who they're getting. And the no like, love relationship is, is much easier to build. To do this though, and to be authentic, we really need to operate from our strengths and we need to know what those strengths are, which sometimes can be a bit difficult because as human beings, we tend to undervalue ourselves. And this is why, you know, we're, I, I call these, these um, um, uh, extrinsic or market value, right? The market value we possess, that's that kind of combination of strengths, traits, talents, and characteristics that allow us to bring value to the marketplace in such a way we'll be rewarded for it. 
but we're, we're so emotionally involved with ourselves, it can be difficult for us to really grasp just how valuable these, these things are. Um, mm -hmm. Because we tend to see the world from our own viewpoint. If we can do this, well, of course, anybody can do this, but it's not necessarily true. That's why it can be so important to have a coach like yourself, someone who can help us to really grasp, you know, those assets of value that we possess that we may not be aware of. Uh, and then law number five is the law of receptivity. And the law of receptivity simply says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This really means nothing more than understanding that, yes, you breathe out, but you also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other, right? Breathe out carbon dioxide, breathe in oxygen, breathe out, which is uh, giving, breathe in, which is receiving. Well, contrary to the, the horrible messages we get from the world around us, right? The messages of lack, the messages, uh, you know, about money being a bad thing, or that, you know, people who make money or have did it by stepping on others or I mean, hey, it's a big world. There's people who do bad things. But by and large, especially to the degree that we live in a true free market where no one has to buy from you, right? The only way you can make a real lot of money is by serving a whole lot of people and serving them very, very well. So despite those, those horrible messages we receive, you know, the fact is giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. They're simply two sides of the very same coin and they work in tandem. It's not, are you a giver or a receiver? No, you're a giver and a receiver. But what you know is that the, the focus must be on the giving, right? That comes first. That's the law, that, those are the laws of life, right? We, you, you sow before you reap, right? You, you don't go up to the fireplace and say, hey, you give me some heat and some fire, and then I'll throw on some logs and some newspaper and light a match. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. You don't go uh, open up a bank account and say, first, you give me an interest payment, and then I'll make a deposit. Life doesn't work that way. The giving of value comes first. This is why John and I say that money is simply an echo of value right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the key is to focus on the other person, focus on the giving. The money you receive is simply a very natural result of the value you gave. Wow. And the, the law of receptivity was one that really shifted the way I live life, right? It's, it's not just a book. This is a, a way of life and a being. And the receptivity was just the, the way it was written in the book. You're, you're preventing somebody's ability or gift to give. Right. When you refuse to receive, you're mm -hmm. right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it so helps you put no it, one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then when I, when I think of it that way now, now every time, now, now it's more of a conscious thing than I right. need to do by myself. Like I need, I could do it alone or, um, I'm just trying to figure it out or you, you I've created a lot of unnecessary struggle in my life. We've by all done not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by not being a receptive. Uh -huh. yeah. um, and, and this time I want to, I want to ask, cause there, there's, there's a lot of scarcity mindset and fear, uh, especially with media, especially with everything happening this year, I feel oh. amplifies uh, the scarcity mindset, the fear. Sure. 
Sure. Uh, how does someone who's who's maybe operating from that system shift that giving that they have enough to give that they ha- they are they have something of value to give sure so it always begins with awareness okay with being aware that you know i'm living in a with a scarcity mindset now people don't consciously usually think that but what i would ask people is ask yourself if you are right uh, you know, do I look at there not being enough? Do I look at that if I give to someone else that's gonna take away from me? And by the way, we shouldn't give that which is gonna take away from us. That's not what being a go-giver is about. It's about focusing on how you can provide value to others. But typically what we give does not mean that it diminishes what we have. In fact, it usually mm-hmm. adds to what we have. So how can you give in a way that the other person will appreciate it and it takes nothing away from you to do so? For example, <clears throat> excuse me for that untimely sneeze. That's okay. Thank you. So remember, so first let's understand that and we're talking about the giving of value to others. Value, which again is, the, is, is um, how another person understands, right? It's relative mm-hmm. worth or desirability Mm -hmm. that a person sees, which means value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we believe believe is of value, it's what they believe is of value. That's the Mm -hmm. key, we always have. So what can you give to another person they will feel is of value? And again, it doesn't take anything away from you. So is there information you can share with a person? Can you connect a person to another person? Can you send a personalized handwritten note to a person? right? Mm -hmm. Uh, What can you do that helps that somehow, some way, can you retweet what another person tweets uh, with a nice compliment at the beginning saying, wow, this is fantastic to, you know, or or what have Mm -hmm. you. So there's plenty of things we can do. We don't have to hit the home run every time. Okay. Success is made up of a whole bunch of singles and doubles, right? (laughs) And so, but, so just ask ourselves the question, what can I give? What value can I give to another person based on the particular situation. Absolutely. And, and based off that, what is success for you, especially since you had this long, very successful career, and you still still very active? Uh, what is success now? Well, and remember, I, you know, I've had successes, but I've also had a lot of failures. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, and I think anyone who's going to be honest about, you know, their career, when you see that they've had, you know, certain successes, They've had more failures, probably, than not everyone. Probably there are some who just, you know, but with me, no, I've had a lot of failures. Uh, uh, you know, I think it can easily be said that we fail our way to success in certain ways. It's, I think it depends on the person and the situation. But, you know, it's, but it's important to know, because I think a lot of people in the, at the beginning of the journey, when they get, you know, let's say they, they get told no, right? They're presenting their idea, whether a product, a service, an idea, what have you, and they get told no, 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 and they get discouraged. And they say, oh, wow, this just isn't for me. I can't, because they've looked at someone else who is successful in that business. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fact that they got told no so many times, it's the problem. It's that they think they're the only ones having to go through mm-hmm. these no's. Because you see that person either on stage or with their picture in the paper or on the internet or being celebrated for something. And, oh, 
it just happened for them. They just got into it. Everybody just, no, it's not the, the case. And so I think it's really important that we, you know, my friends, uh, Andrea Waltz and, uh, and Richard Fenton wrote a great book, a parable, actually, a, a great book called Go For No. And their, um, the, the, the premise is, you know, yes is the destination, no is how you get there. And it means we get a lot of no's and we have failures along the way. Now, I'm not in any way saying that those no's are fun or that mm. the failures are fun. Uh, of course not. We're human beings. Who wants that to happen? I'm just saying that that's part of it. And so if we know mm. that going in, then when we get told no again and again and again and again, or we have a couple of failures, it's, you know what? Read anybody's story, any autobiography or any biography or whatever of anyone successful, and you're going to see a whole lot of, so I, you know, of failures and no's along the way. So I think as long as we know that, you know, as long as a person knows that going in, then when they get that no or they have that failure, again, it stinks. It's not something we ever want, but now you can say, oh, you know what? That's right. You know, that's what everybody else who's been successful is, is had. And now we can say, okay, I don't like it, right? But I can pick myself up and get back. And I think that's, you know, that's really key. But um, uh, so please forgive me. The, the, the question that, again, you asked me was, and I'm trying to think of now, the question I apologize. I got off on a, on a, on a, a tangent there. No, it was uh, just what, what success is. Yeah. Okay. So what success is? So, and I, and I love that question. I love that question because success can be defined a number of different ways. It can be very, you know, mundane or surface as in a victory is a success. Uh, one team, you know, beats the other five to four. Well, the team that, that scored five runs was successful. The team that scored four wasn't okay. In terms of the, the win or loss, on the other hand, that team who scored four runs, maybe they played way above their ability. And they were successful, not in terms of the, 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 the win loss, but they were successful mm -hmm. in terms of improvement. Okay. So that's, or, or you want to, you know, drop 20 pounds in, in three months and you do, well, you were successful. Now, what if you drop 18 pounds? Well, you were 90% successful. Okay. Those are all good definitions. They're fine. I look at it. Let's look at success even a little deeper. Success to me is an ongoing and genuine feeling of happiness based on having done one, and it could say a peace of mind of happiness, based on having one done one's best in living up to their potential. So mm -hmm. to the degree that we live up to our potential in any certain area, whether it's financial, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, or all of them, or, not, or a few, or whatever you're looking for, that's the degree that we're successful. Amazing, amazing. I, I, I wish I could keep going on with you because this, this conversation has been amazing. Oh, Definitely a lot of quality notes I'm going to go back and take from this. Uh, the fourth law that you mentioned, the law of authenticity, the most valuable gift you can offer is yourself. Yeah. And that's what you've done with me in this podcast. Oh, appreciate you for giving the gift of you and your time. Uh, this has been amazing. And I was so excited for this interview. I was telling everybody about it. And oh, I, I can't wait to share this with the world so it can be a gift for them as well. Thank you. That's very, very kind of you. I have so much appreciation and respect for you. And it's just an honor to be on your show. Thank you. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. 
please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.